On this week's Adam Schefter podcast, we're joined by the five-time Pro Bowl running back who's had nine 1,000-yard seasons and got a first-hand view of the miracle in Miami on Sunday that upended the New England Patriots. Frank Gore is our first guest today, and then we'll be joined by the Colts defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, who helped shut down the Houston Texans on Sunday and now is getting ready to take on Zeke Elliott and his former Dallas Cowboys team. And NFL ESPN researcher Evan Kaplan Gives us all the numbers and insight on all the Week 15 matchups. But first, Frank Gore. Hello, Frank. Adam, what's up, baby? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm great. I'm great. Frank, I got a little surprise for you. I'm going to play up? for you on 560 WQAM in Miami, the actual yeah. call of the play. Let's take a listen in. They throw it down. They try to pitch it, and they do. To Parker. Parker pitches it. And it's good, good, 30, 20, the count is going to tackle, oh, no way, 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 no and I was I was happy about that, man, because we 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 go over it, you know, doing practices like walkthroughs, and you know, um, when I when I saw, you know, when I saw um, Kenny catch the ball and pass it to Devontae, then when we got the ball to Drake, and knowing when, once I saw Drake in space, then I saw no no um, Gronk in the back, and I know how fast being around uh, Drake every day, I know how fast he is, and I know he's so competitive, I know he was gonna get in there, man. Um, but you know we played hard as a team. You know, played all four quarters, and that was the, that was the main thing. We finished. You know, have you ever seen anything like that? Ever been a part of a game that ended in a way like that in a more improbable not, fashion? Um, not like that. But you know, remember the game we won and we beat New Orleans. You know, with Alex Mills to catch the Vernon in the mm. playoffs. You know what I'm saying? That was that was a big that was big too. But uh, I never, you know, the last plays like you know. Uh, when you practice the last plays of the game, sometimes you feel like, oh, this play never worked. Uh, but, you know, uh, we believed in it, and we, we always go over it, and we got it done. What was the post-game locker room like after a play like oh, that? Oh, man, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. Like, you know, especially, you know, we, we fighting again in the postseason. And, you know, it kept us alive, man. And, and here on out, we just got to keep taking one game at a time and looking at each game like a playoff game. Now, Frank, the reason I initially wanted to get you on is this is your 14th NFL season. Yesterday, you passed up LaDainian Tomlinson for another NFL record. You moved into fifth place on the all-time list in terms of yards from scrimmage. You've had nine seasons of 1,000 yards. You haven't missed a game since 2010. You've played in 125 consecutive games, which is the longest active streak for any running back, how does a player do all that? Um, first, I gotta say that man up above, you know, blessing me with, you know, being healthy and also with the skills. Um, but the way I train, you know, in the off season, you know, staying around younger guys, you know, at my position, competing with them guys to help me, you know, keep myself honest and, and knowing that I can be ready to play, you know, get ready for training camp and also be ready for the season and and the love for the game. You know, I've been blessed with the skills and the talent 
to play this game, and that's why, you know, why not go out and try my best every time I'm out there, you know? But, Frank, a lot, a lot of people train, and a lot of people love the game, but there aren't a lot of people yeah. who play 125 straight games over 14 NFL seasons. It's that man up above. It's God, man. You know, it ain't me. It's God. I've been blessed. I've been blessed. And the funny thing about that is when you were coming out of Miami, you were the guy at that time with questionable knees. You had knee injuries, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had two ACLs and two shoulder surgeries. Um, I didn't find out that my shoulder was messed up until the combine. And, you know, I've been sales injury prone. And, you know, that's why I say, man, it's that man up above. And, you know, I'm, I'm very, very competitive. You know, um, I like when people see, you know, what I can't do because it get me stronger, get my mind stronger to go and show them that I can, you know. What would you tell young running backs that are training to enter the NFL, that have just entered the NFL, about how they should conduct their professional careers? You got to take it serious. You know, um, you got to go out and compete with the guys. You got to, and also be around, I like to be around top guys at my position just to see, you know, what they're good at, you know, what I'm good at, and, you know, what they fasten to me. I try my best to keep keep up with them on, on straightaway days. And when we're doing agilities, I know I'm good with my feet. I try to beat them, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So whatever whatever they're good at, you know, you got to make sure you, you you do that 100%. You know, like you got good feet, quick, quick in and out of the hole. When you training that, when you do it that day when training, you got to go hard at it. You know, when when another guy is faster than you, you know, you got to compete with them that day to try to keep up and beat them. So, um, you know, keep yourself honest, man. That's what I do. You you talk about watching the top guys at other positions. Who stands yeah. out to you at those positions, and what have you taken from them? Well, I would say um, at, at other positions, like receivers. Oh, I, I really like to watch running back, man. I really like to watch running back. And, you know, i got to give it to that um, young boy out of Dallas, man, Zeke. He working, man. You know, um, you know, early on, like when he first got in the league, you know, I watched him film, a lot of stuff was just there. Mm-hmm. This year, man, he, he really – he really impressed me. He really showed me some stuff, that he, and he got he top he 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 probably the top back right now. Const- him and Gurley construct the perfect running back for me, Frank. Like if you could take Zeke's what toughness his he got well, really Zeke got Zeke got everything, man. I'm being real. He fast. He big. He got feet. Great patience. You know, and I I, I you know I'm, I've been watching him this year, man. He he's showing everything, and I got I got to get to him because it ain't. It ain't how it was when he first got in the lead, but he not get touched. He working this year, man. I got to get a Zeke right now. What are some other attributes from some other running backs that stand out to you when you look across the league at other backs? Uh, I would say, um, like, Tar Gurley, um, very patient, you know, very big and fast. You know, at, he got very good top-end speed. Oh, I like the kid, um, the boy from New York. Man. Saquon. He got, he got everything. Huh. He, 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 and I watch him. I kind of, he kind of, man. I, I, and this, 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 this big. You know, he remind me of like a, a, a bigger Barry Sanders, man. Like balance. He got. He can catch the ball. He, he's strong. You know, two thirty. Can he move like a little, like a little dude, man? And that's that's that's, that's that boy gonna be dangerous. He already is. It seems like nobody yeah, gets yeah, him down yeah, on the first yeah, tackle. He already is. Yeah. He. Hey. Yeah, he, hey, that's what I'm saying. He like a a big, like he big, but move like a kid, like a little, like a little dude, man. It's crazy, man. 
Have you seen a young kid out of Denver, Philip Lindsay? Uh, yeah, I, hey, underdog. <laughs> you know, um, he's showing, you know, undrafted, and he, hey, he got his opportunity, he's taking full advantage of it. And, I, and I'm happy for him, man, because I was an underdog, you know. Um, getting picked third round, people still saying that, you know, that was too high of a pick that Scott, McC- Scott McClellan picked me. And, man, the kid from Denver, man, he very fast. He's very, very fast. He's taking full advantage of his opportunity. I like it. Anybody like Melvin Gordon or James Conner or anybody else stand out before? Oh, we- yeah, I like Melvin. Melvin, my, that's my little homie, man. Yeah, Melvin, Melvin, you know, from seeing him as a rookie until now, he a totally different back. You know, you could tell that it took him some time to um, early on to, you know, get used to the NFL, but each year he got better and better. You brought up Barry Sanders. Do you realize that you are in fourth place in career rushing yards with 14,734? The only running backs who have ever run for more yards than you are Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, and Barry Sanders. When I say that, what does that mean to you? Man, it's a blessing. It's big. You know, like like you say, coming out of college, you know, everybody's saying that, you know, I won't even been in the league two or three years, and now I'm going on 14 years, and, you know, um, then having, you know, started my career off in San Fran, had a great career in San Fran, um, go to Indianapolis, um, do some great things there, and now I'm at the Dolphins, and, you know, I'm still playing. I think I'm still playing high-level ball. And now I've been blessed. I'm blessed, man. And I, it's an honor to be my name be mentioned with them guys, you know. You think about the Hall of Fame? No, nah, not yet. I, I, I'll do it when, I, when I'm done. Right now, you know, I'm trying to stay up and compete with these young boys still. You know. <laughs> it, it. Now, Frank, you're 35 years old. You've been doing this for 14 years. Huh? How much longer are you going to do this for? Um, I don't know. You know, I still love it. I'm still having fun. And I'll take it one game at a time, one year at a time. Uh, we got three games left. I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know, to, to help try to help my team get in these postseasons. Cause that's, that's the key, man. That's what I've been chasing since I left San Fran. Mm-hmm. Um, playing the postseason, try to, you know, go for that trophy that I always wanted, what everybody wants when they play this game. And, you know, I see how my body feels. You know, but, I, you know, I'm still having fun, and hopefully, you know, the Dolphins can resign me to come back, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm home, you know, I've been, I love it here in Miami, um, and I'll see, I'll see how after the end of the season, how my body feels. But you would like to, it sounds like, it sounds like you're open to playing another year. Yeah, I am, I am. You know, I just, I just want to take one, I never try to look ahead of time, you know, I just like to take one game at a time, one year at a time, and, you know, um... You know, see how my body feel. You know, cause I, I am, I'm still having fun. I feel like I still, I could still can play with these young guys out here. Uh, I think I'm helping this team be successful. Um, so you know, I see after the, after the season. But Frank, when most people when they reach the end of the line, the tone is a little bit different than yours. They say, hey, this might be it. I'm not really sure. I don't hear that in your voice. It sounds like you do I, I, want to keep going with those young boys. Yeah, I still, I'm still having fun. I'm still enjoying it. I'm still having fun. Whenever you are done with football, Frank. In the next 10, 20, 30 years, whenever that may be, <laughs> what, what what awaits you when the career is done? Um, what I would like to do, you know, I, I like to evaluate talent. I like to look at other running backs, uh, other skilled guys. Um, so I, I want to stay around football because I love the game, you know, and, you know, that's what I want to do, you know. So we're going to create the job as a running back evaluator, running back consultant, in the front office yeah. of a team for you? Right. 
All right. Uh, that's good. I, I'm all for that. I think that nobody would know running backs better than you. Yeah, I appreciate it. But, but, but for real, Adam, I think, man, that boy, that young boy Zeke working, man. And that when you, hey, tell him how I feel about him. He working this year, man. Yeah, you he are working. you are on the Zeke bandwagon, aren't you? Yeah, he working. He working. They, you know, like I said, early, early in his career, he, he wanted to get in touch at first, man. But now... I'm saying every all. I'm saying all the tools. He got all the tools. He got the patience, the visit, strong, fast. He can finish runs, catching the ball. You know, it's, it's a dollar young talent at, at the position right now. Like the running back talent is very big. The young guys, he boys, nice. Hmm. Is there one back coming out of college that you've watched that you would recommend to a team that they draft? Not Miami because oh. we don't want them replacing you, Frank. But another <laughs> team. Uh I. I haven't really big. I haven't really watched them yet. You know, I haven't really watched them. You know, I, I kind of wait till after the season to kind of, you know, um, go watch film on them sometimes to see like who the guys. I like to see who the who like the college people say the top guys, and I go and check them out and see what I think. You know. Before I let you go, Frank, what's it going to take for the U to get back, man, to where it belongs? Oh man, uh, man. I don't know. I can't say right now because now you got to think about the type of guys we had. You know, um, it's different, different generation, man. Yeah. Kids different now, Adam. So uh, it, it, there, there aren't as many Frank Gores coming into the league. The guys are different. Look, right? We had, we had. Well, look, who else we had? We had Clint Porter's, had Ed and Drains, we had Vince Wolf, Andre Johnson, like. You know, it was, it was man, we competing. Kellen Winslow, God bless his soul, Sean Teller, Untrail Roll. Ed you know, Reed. Ed, you, know, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to, to to get to that level again. You know what I'm saying? But I hope we do, man. You know, I'm a, you know, I'm a can, I'm a can for life, man. I love my school. And, man, we just, it's just different generation now, man. Yeah. Well, Frank, I have to say, it's been an honor to watch you as long as we have. It's been 14 years you keep getting stronger. You keep piling up stats. You keep breaking records. Keep doing what you do. And Zeke don't have too much on you over the course of your career. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it, Adam. That, Frank, thanks so much for the time today, and good luck the rest of the season. I appreciate it. Thank you. We'll be back in a moment with Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus. But first, I want to tell you about Peter Millar. I used to be the type of guy who just opened my closet, grabbed whatever was hanging there. Then I got my first Peter Millar polo. It was a game changer. Now my closet has all sorts of Peter Millar items. The more Peter Millar clothing I get, the more impressed I am. Everything is incredibly comfortable. From the feel to the look, Peter Millar clothing is just better. The stitching, the buttons, zippers, the attention to detail puts them in a league of their own. Every Peter Millar item I have looks great and makes me look sharp. I can go from work to dinner feeling great and looking even better when I'm wearing my Peter Millar. Head over to PeterMillar.com slash AS today and experience this quality for yourself. You'll see some of my favorite styles from Peter Millar. Be sure to use my link and you'll receive complimentary shipping and a free hat. That's Peter Millar, M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash A-S. Peter Millar dot com slash A-S. Matt. Hey, Adam. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing outstanding. How are you? Thank you very much for taking some time to speak with us today as you get ready for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, thanks for having me. What would you attribute the... Indianapolis turnaround on defense to Matt because for years in recent years all we've heard about is this offense T.Y. Hilton Andrew Luck and when we think of the Colts we still think of Andrew we don't think of the defense and yet the defense has really gotten it done recently 
Yeah, I would say that it's just guys buying into the system. You know, we implemented the system here. You know, we got here in February. Um, you know, so I think it's uh, it's just starting to, you know, take some traction here. And, you know, it's really about the guys, you know, in the room, you know, uh, alignment, assignment, key technique. I know football coach talking and really just honestly uh, what they're doing is just buying into it and playing really hard, you know. So it's it's important that they uh, they all work together. Who has surprised you on that defense, Matt? I would say that, uh, that really, uh, you know, Darius Leonard, uh, he's a guy that surprised me in terms of his, you know, the ability, his maturity, um, his, his, his ability to make those big-time impactful plays. Uh, we knew he was a talent. Uh, we just didn't know how good and how fast he would get there, and he certainly has done a good job this year of, of rising to the top pretty fast. Does he get your vote for Defensive Rookie of the Year? No question. <laughs> and how come? What would you tell all those people who are debating – who to vote for on the defensive side? Because there are a lot of good candidates from Leighton Vander Esch to Darius Leonard that deserve a candidate. Yeah, I would tell him look at the stats. Just to look at the stats. He's got he's, he's uh, leading leading in tackles. He's got seven sacks for a linebacker. He's got huge impactful cause fumbles and recovered fumbles um, at the end of games to win the games. Um, you know, and he's just a heck of a talent. And he's a great leader. You know, he's a really good leader of our of our unit and uh, the unit that's on the rise and young group, and uh, he's a big part of that. Even as a rookie, he's a, he's capable of being a leader, huh? Yeah. You know, when we came here, we only had one guy here that was uh, that was really – that had played uh, any plays um, at linebacker. So we were starting off fresh. We started with all rookies, basically. Um, we had Anthony Walker here that was uh, played in about four or five games the year before, but that was it. So he, had, he was thrust into that role – and he's done a great job with it. Hmm. Does he remind you of anybody in Dallas, say Sean Lee or anybody like that? Yeah, he do, he does, and, and and they have a you know some good leaders over there. You know, uh, Sean obviously was there with with me for all those years, but and uh, you know Jalen Smith was uh, there. He's a heck of a leader as well, and and you know there's several other guys, but at that position, yes, he he's got those same qualities. And for those who don't know, you were the Cowboys linebackers coach from 2011 to 2015, then the linebacker coach and passing game coordinator from 2016 and 2017. And this week you get your former team. What does that matchup mean to you, Matt? Well, it's pretty special, you know, to, to go against uh, the guys that I work with uh, for all those years and the players too. You know, I know so many of the players on the roster there and their, you know, quality group in terms of, you know, just character and integrity and the way they play. And, uh, you know, can't say enough about those guys. And it's just exciting. It's it's just, uh, it's fun to be able to do what we do and, and do it for a living and, and actually have this big challenge ahead of us playing this uh, really good team that's on a roll. And it's going to be a great challenge for our whole team. You recognize that team because they seem to be playing quite different than last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do. I recognize the offense. That's for sure. You know, they. I know they. They got Amari Cooper and, and and a couple other pieces, and their line has changed a little bit due to injury. But uh, I certainly recognize recognize them and and the quarterback and that that halfback they got. So um, uh, they're good players. You're also coming off a big win of the Houston Texans, who had won nine straight games. Defense did a great job on Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins. What was the key there to you, Matt? Yeah, I just think that we looked at it, that when we played them the first time, you know, we thought we could play them a little bit better and a little bit differently, hmm. and uh, really just uh, focus on the on the quarterback and keeping them in the pocket and and really uh, doing a good job there. And then obviously containing Hopkins is was a big issue for us. 
um, this time, and I think we did okay. You know, he's he's obviously very dynamic, uh, and, and he can do a lot of different things. But uh, those were our two main goals uh, in that game. And that win, I think, puts you in position to compete for a playoff spot. Aside from winning football games, the obvious. What does this Colts team and defense have to do to get to the postseason? I just think we got to just focus on the day. You know, I really do. I think we got to just keep improving. I think we're we're getting better in terms of our effort and our execution. And I think what we do is just focus on, you know, tomorrow's practice, you know, and then and then Thursday's practice and then Friday's practice and just getting better at the fundamentals. You know, we'll have two things for each position group to get better at, and we just got to focus on those. Matt, it's your 27th year in coaching overall. It's your 10th in the NFL. What was the experience like last winter when you agreed to leave Dallas to go to Indianapolis thinking that you were going to be working for Josh McDaniels only to have him back out and have you working for Frank Reich instead. Yeah, I think that's that's just how life rolls sometimes. You know, you know, life isn't perfect and adversities happen. You know, the one calming and, and, and uh, saving grace was that Chris Ballard was here and, and he was a guy that uh, that I have known for a little bit and uh, you know and talked to and, and he was here and he was the calming voice uh, during that time of transition. Um, so it wasn't as hard as it would seem. Um, and then to have a guy like Frank come in, um, that's just a, a great human being, you know, in terms of character and integrity, um, you know, and trusting. And we got to know each other and, and just uh, started to go from there. So um, it's it's been a, a fun ride, uh, difficult at times uh, through the adversities. But, again, that's what life's all about. It's how you respond. You mentioned that calming voice of the Colts general manager, Chris Bell. What was his message during that time? He was like, Matt, it's all going to work out. It's, it's, you know, you have a job here at the Colts. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, you know, we, we came after you, we recruited you and, and, uh, it's all going to work out. We're going to get a great head coach in here. And he certainly came through with that. I could hear him saying that actually. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like him. Yeah. yeah. Right. Upbeat, enthusiastic, optimistic, calm, cool, collected. Chris Ballard right there. Nope. No doubt, that's him. What has most impressed you about Andrew Luck this season, Matt? As you've watched him on a day-to-day basis in practice. Yeah, I just see his his confidence throughout. You know, from the first time he came out, uh, you know, in training camp and all the way through now, man, it's just his confidence. Um, you know, his command of the huddle, and, and just you know, he's he's never talk about a positive influence and never wavering one bit. You know, in that he's he's a get it done guy. And he, and he believes in his team, and he believes in himself. And that's a, a great quality to have as a leader of our team. What was your reaction when there was all that chatter earlier in the year about his arm strength or perceived lack of arm strength when he had to be replaced for the Hail Mary pass at the end of the game and the offensive production wasn't quite what it was the first few weeks, the way it's been down the stretch? What was your reaction to the people questioning his arm and whether or not he was healthy? Yeah, I, did, I didn't honestly didn't think much about it. I didn't think much about it. I, I know we, we all in this building believe in him and believe in the offense, so we don't we don't we don't think much about those things. Matt, you've bounced around from Missouri, uh, where you were the defensive coordinator, to the Browns linebackers coach, to obviously your seven years at the Dallas Cowboys. What would you like to do in this business? What is left for Matt Eberflus to do in this business? You know th- th- what's great about this business is is that you, you and you have to focus on your job. So whatever that is, 
you have, if it's coaching the linebackers at the Browns, if you're the defensive coordinator at Missouri, or if you're the defensive coordinator at the Colts, the, the best thing, because this is the best sport um, there is, and it's the most competitive sport, the thing you have to do is focus on what you're doing where your feet are right now. And I think that's the most important thing that you can ever do. And then all the rest that will happen after that, it's all going to take care of itself anyway. Of all the people you've worked for and with, who's helped rub off a philosophy like that upon you? Who's most responsible well, for that? I tell you what, I've, I've been so fortunate to work with so many great, great uh, coaches, you know, from Gary Pinkle, the guy I played for that was all, the successful coach at Missouri, um, you know, all the way through, um, so when I got to Dallas, you know, I got, uh, you know, Jason Garrett as the head coach and then really Rod Marinelli, um, the defensive coordinator there has a big part in terms of my, the defensive philosophy and a lot of philosophies, you know, so I would say those guys, um, have really played a big role in, uh, in where I am today. Before I let you go, are we seeing finally in the NFL later in the season, defenses catching up to offenses? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it goes back and forth a little bit. You know, some, some games you see that and some games you don't, you know, I think it's just really, uh, guys honing in on their, on their jobs. And I know that, uh, teams are trying to run the football. I know that for a fact. And I know it's important that the defenses stop the run. Um, and that, that still, that, that stat still bears out, uh, with winning and losing. So that's an important stat for, for everybody to be uh, conscious of. You say teams are running the football, and yet it seems like people are throwing the football more than ever before. Yeah, but if you look at these teams that are that are running it, they're winning games, you know, and the teams that are doing that at, at a high level here down the stretch. And you can kind of see that in the cold-weather games that we're looking at, uh, you know, in the last couple of days, the teams that were able to run it, uh, when it gets cold out, that's <laughs> going to be important. What about when you play indoors, though? Then you pass it all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, right? (laughs) Pretty simple, huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hey, Matt, really appreciate taking some time. Lots of luck against your former team this weekend. Thank you for the time today on the Adam Schefter Podcast, and we'll be in touch down the line. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. We'll be back in a moment with Evan Kaplan, but first I want to tell you about ZipRecruiter. You know what's not smart? Job boards that send you a mile-high stack of resumes to sort through. But you know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash ASP to hire the right person. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to identify people with the right skills, education, and experience, and actively invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash ASP. If you love the show, show your support to it and ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash ASP. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash ASP. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Cap hit. A big welcome back to our ESPN colleague, the NFL ESPN researcher, Evan Kaplan. Thanks for joining us for a week 15 NFL preview, Evan. Thanks as always for having me, Adam. Looking forward to it. We got a lot of big games coming up this week, and I think that there might not be a bigger matchup than the Patriots and the Steelers. And the Steelers now are reeling. They've lost three straight games improbably at Denver in a crazy finish. Mm -hmm. 
against the Chargers in a disappointing loss at home. Absolutely. And then, of course, on Sunday when Chris Boswell slips on the field goal that would have tied the game and sent it to overtime. Now Pittsburgh comes home to play Tom Brady. What kind of challenge is this for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Evan? Yeah, look, Tom Brady has dominated the Steelers like almost no other team in his career. He's 11-2 and against Pittsburgh, including the playoffs. It's his third best record against any team that he's faced at least 10 times. He's also 8-2 and specifically against Ben Roethlisberger. And you look at Super Bowl winning quarterbacks in that context, and those eight wins against Ben, including the playoffs, are tied for the third most by one Super Bowl winning QB against another. But as you mentioned with the Chris Boswell kick and the Steelers coming in on a three-game losing streak, we obviously know the Patriots' disappointing loss in Week 14. A little different scenario with these two teams coming into the game than when they played in Week 15 last year when they were both riding high at the top of the AFC. So a little bit of a different scenario this year versus last year's game. I think where the loss on Sunday for the Patriots is going to hurt is in the battle for home field advantage in the AFC, which right now I think is going to be difficult for New England to achieve. But if you look at this, the Patriots also are doing something – that they haven't done in a while, which might show, we've talked about this, Mm -hmm. are they falling, are they declining? But the numbers tell us a little something that we haven't seen in a little while, Evan. Look, it's incredible this recent, not even recent, this extended stretch of success for the Patriots. They have won at least 12 games in eight straight seasons. That is an NFL record. But this year they are 9-4 entering this game in Pittsburgh. If they lose one of their last three games, they will have lost five games in a season for the first time since 2009. That's almost hard to believe when you look at the turnover year over year in the league and how teams are they're 11 and five one year and then they're six and ten the next. Well, the Patriots, they, their extended run of success is incredible. We haven't seen this team lose five games since 2009. That year, they hosted the Ravens in the wild card playoffs, lost that game. So, look, we'll see what happens in. What was interesting to me in Week 14, just going back quickly, in about a 40-minute span, you went from the Patriots winning against the Dolphins, the Chiefs down against the Ravens, where the Patriots and Chiefs would have moved into a tie, and New England had the tiebreaker, or has the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. They would have been the one seed. Now we obviously know what happened um, with the Dolphins' play and the Chiefs coming back and winning. Kansas City now a two-game lead over the Patriots with three weeks to play. And there you go. Those are the numbers right there. Now the team that New England lost to, on Sunday is the Miami Dolphins. And both of those teams know a little bit about mm-hmm. some exciting finishes. How do you size up this matchup, Evan? A nice parallel with them heading to Minnesota to play the Vikings. And you look at those two teams, if, and if we include last year's playoffs, those are the last two to have a game-winning touchdown with no time left in the fourth quarter. Saw what happened in Week 14 with Kenyon Drake, and we know about the 2017 Divisional Playoffs, Minneapolis Miracle with Stephon Diggs eliminating the Saints from the playoffs. And it's interesting you look at the, the fact that both of those uh, last-second touchdowns came against legendary quarterbacks on the sideline who could really do nothing about it. Tom Brady in Week 14 and Drew Brees last year as now the Dolphins kind of joined that group um, that, that looked for the second AFC wildcard. Wait, which one was more Boy. improbable to you, the Minnesota Miracle or the Miracle of Miami? I think because of the prominence of the game, I'm going to say the Minnesota Miracle. Right, I don't. Right. I don't think anyone expected the Dolphins to score a touchdown this past Sunday, but but just based on the divisional playoff game, the Saints come back in that game. Oof, that that they were both shocking. I would take the Minneapolis. They both Miracle. were shocking. The stakes were greater yes. in New Orleans, Minnesota, which made that more incredible 
to see a team make the kind of play that the Vikings and Stephon Diggs did in that particular game, which mm-hmm. was just, to me, wild. All right. The AFC wild card contenders are getting ready to face NFC teams this weekend. What are we to make of that, Evan? Interesting schedule quirk here in Week 15 where you've got these four teams that are competing for the 6 seed because you've got the Chargers three games ahead at 10-3. and three. So the Dolphins, who we mentioned, the Colts, the Titans, and the Ravens, all 7-6, and six, and they all play NFC teams. The Ravens and Colts are at home. Ravens, Buccaneers, Colts against the Cowboys. And the Dolphins, as we said, head to Minnesota to play the Vikings. The Titans are at the Giants. So you look at some NFC teams. Who Two of those teams are in it, Cowboys and Vikings. Two of those teams you'd probably say are out of it, and the Buccaneers and the Giants who can play spoiler. A lot of times we have these AFC teams playing against each other or from each conference at the end of the year to kind of jockey playoff position. Mm-hmm. Here we're going to have some intra-conference games um, in Week 15. Right now, it's it's the Ravens who hold that tiebreaker, followed by the Colts. We'll see what happens. A lot to still shake out with that sixth seed. Evan, two of the biggest storylines in the second half of the season, I think, are the emergence, although they already have emerged, I would say the play of the Chicago Bears defense mm-hmm. and the Dallas Cowboys defense. Can they keep up what they have done this week? Well, we saw... These past two weeks, that those defenses, they beat the top two teams in the NFC. In week 13, the Cowboys on that Thursday night beat the Saints. And then this past week in week 14 on Sunday night, we saw the Bears beat the Rams. Now, the key about those games, though, is they are both at home. They were in Dallas, in Chicago. What will be a fascinating storyline that we'll talk about over the next month is can those defenses travel in the playoffs? It, it, it looks like... The Saints and the Rams will get those top two seeds in the NFC. Those teams are a combined 11-1 at home this season. The only loss was by New Orleans in Week 1 in that game against Tampa Bay. So they haven't lost, those teams haven't lost at home in three months. Mm. The Rams haven't lost at all at home. One of the biggest storylines I'm looking forward to for the playoffs is because we've seen those defenses do it at home. We, we've, you've always heard, look, defense travels. Will it travel to New Orleans or to L.A. in the divisional round of the playoffs? Obviously, first, those teams will need to get by the wild card contenders in the NFC. I just think New Orleans and L.A., if you can do that to them at home, yeah, good luck. Yep. Not to say that one of these defenses, Dallas or Chicago, sure, can't sure. because they're, they're really capable and really impressive. But I want to see one of those teams get shut down like that on its home field before I believe that another defense, as good as it is, can do that to that offense. I agree. We we know what the Saints are in the Dome, and we've talked about their success, especially in the playoffs, and the Rams The Rams haven't lost at home all season and are, are scoring at will at the LA Coliseum. All right, the last game we're going to preview for Week 15 is the Thursday night historic matchup between the Chargers and the Chiefs in Kansas City. What strikes you about this one? really is when you look at teams from the same division with 10 wins this early in the season. Now, we often talk about games week X or later, but for this one, we'll talk about this early in the season. Now, it's the first time 10-win teams from the same division will play in week 15 or earlier since 1986 when the 11-2 and Giants traveled to Washington, played the 11-2 and Redskins. Giants won that game. The teams met again in the NFC Championship. Giants won again to advance to their first-ever Super Bowl which they ended up winning. So you look at it, look, it's been over 30 years since this has happened. Chargers are having an incredible season, uh, but they, they've got the Chiefs ahead of them in that division, who Kansas City now, um, with with three weeks left, has the inside 
look at the number one seed in the AFC. And we'll see how this one shakes out, but I feel a little bit like I do with the Rams and the Saints at mm-hmm. home. Good luck winning on that team's home field. Kansas City, I think, and nearly lost on Sunday to Baltimore, but just think the Chiefs at home are tough. Now, somebody was listening to this podcast on Friday or Saturday after the game. I may look silly thinking that the Chiefs right. are the home favorite. So we'll just see how these words stand up over time. Evan, thanks for joining us for another Week 15 NFL Preview. Thanks, Adam. And so there's our friend and colleague, Evan Kaplan, with a breakdown of the latest matchups and numbers in this upcoming Week 15 of the NFL season. And, man, it is flying by. Special thanks to Evan Kaplan. Special thanks to the Colts defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, who has a huge challenge this week in trying to bring down Zeke Elliott and Zeke Elliott's biggest admirer, Frank Gore, the future Hall of Fame running back who continues trekking on and showing all the young running backs that he admires the way to get it done at the NFL level. Thank you for listening to another Adam Schefter podcast. We'll be back again in this spot next week, and we'll be joined by Field Yates, our NFL and fantasy expert, as well as my friend and former colleague here at ESPN, Merrill Hodge, who talks about everything going on around the NFL. Thanks again, everybody.